Today, we will be looking at accountability. In this single um, series, single teaching, non-series, single teaching of tribe, you know, we, we have been looking at different things. The, the first we looked at was, was joy, and, and we learned a lot. And then we looked at courage, and we learned a lot. And today, we are looking at accountability. Everyone say accountability. Accountability. So, so what, what's accountability? Accountability basically is the state of, now, if this is your first time at Tribe, we have fill in the blanks um, and spaces to write your thoughts on. So the first blank there is that accountability is the state of being answerable. Is the state of being answerable. It, it's interesting because accountability is a willing obligation to answer for one's actions. You know, it's, it sounds like a contradiction. If, if it's, somebody is willing, uh, why should it be an obligation? You know? So that's the nature of accountability. Accountability is a willing obligation to answer for one's action. You know, we, we have a lot of stuff going on in church, and we have accountability partners. We have um, leaders that fill accountability questionnaires, I mean, periodically, and those are very probing questions. We have those things going on. But what, what I say to people is this. You are only as accountable as you want to be. You are only as accountable as you want to be. You can set up all the accountability systems in the world. If you don't want to be accountable, you will always leave your back door. And guess where Satan will come through? The back door you left open. That's how it works. So accountability is a state of being answerable, a willingness, a willing obligation to answer for one's action. It's a willing obligation. Once you sign up for it, it becomes obligatory. But no one can force you to really sign up for it. It has to be done willingly. But once it is done, it, is, it becomes what? Obligatory. Obligatory. We have relationships that if only we will be accountable, a lot of, a lot of the things that, you know, are, are really going on, that are wrong, will not be going on. If only wives will be accountable to their husbands and husbands be accountable to their wives, life will be, I mean, more enjoyable. We have people that want to run solo, yet they want to remain married. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. We have people that want to be Christians, yet they, want to, they don't want to be accountable to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is too invasive, they say. It doesn't, just doesn't work. You can't, your life can't get traction without accountability. Life cannot get traction without, without accountability. Many things we are struggling with. Many things that we think, oh, this is a besetting issue. Or this is an issue that, oh, I'm struggling with it. Some of us, we've <laughs> unfortunately resigned to the fact that some people say to, uh, I've heard some people say to me, also say to, I've heard Christians talking, and, and they use the term, this is my besetting sin. It has become a pet. A lot of those besetting sins, a lot of them, if not all of them, are only answerable to accountability. If you could deal with it yourself, you will have dealt with it. You will have dealt with it. 
So today I'm trusting that God will allow us and give us the grace to set aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and to run our race with joy. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So we get into the study. We, we live in a world that tells us that it's your life. Just do it. Whatever you feel like doing, just what? Do it. It's your life. It's your life. Have fun. It's your life. Do stuff. Come on. It's your life. But you see, when we come into the kingdom of God, like, like um, the Reverend Doc was teaching us last week, that you, you cannot expect to run an Android app that is natively Android on an iPhone. I mean, you shouldn't get angry at and Apple, that it won't run. It just won't run. There are some things that won't just work in the kingdom. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians 6, from 19 to 20, it says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by, by who? By God. You don't belong to yourselves. I mean, that so runs contrary to how the world thinks. You do not belong to yourselves. For you were bought. God bought you. Everybody say, God bought me. And you weren't cheap. I wasn't cheap, thank God. <laughs> you weren't cheap. The Bible says God bought you with a high price. And we learned on Sunday how Jesus died for you and I. So, because God bought you with a high price, you must. Everyone say must. You must honor God. You must honor your maker. You know, so this thing of honoring God is not a choice. It's not, okay, today was hard. God should understand. Boys are going through a tough time. God should understand. That's not what the word of God says. That's not kingdom OS. That kind of thinking, that app will not run in the kingdom OS. It won't. You must honor God with your body. And you can replace that with life. You must honor God with your life. You must be accountable to God because he owns you. Because he owns you. I mean, you own, many of us here own a car at least. Imagine. I mean, that wouldn't happen to you, okay? But imagine you're driving and, 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 you, and you turn your car, you want your car to take a right turn. And the car says, I've been obeying you all this time. Can I go straight this time? I mean, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You own that car. If, the, if you tell the car to go right, and the car goes straight, you step on the brake. You shut the car down. And as you shut the car down, you are going to ask someone to tow that car for, to the clinic. Right? To the mechanic. This car, something is wrong with his head. Then they will walk on the car and set the car straight. The same thing. God owns us. So we are accountable to him. So if he says, turn right, what happens? You turn right. You just turn right. You see, I've learned in my life that is the, the sweetest place to be is, is just to obey God. You have, le you have less things to worry about. You don't test. Your life is so peaceful. It's unbelievable. You know? You are in turmoil if you are not obeying God. You are in confusion. 
So God says, I own you. I bought you. And I bought you with a high price. I bought you with a high price. If you have a China phone, I'm trying to remember the name they said they call those phones now. Kasala, yes. You have, it's not Kasala. Palasa, yes. Okay. <laughs> the owners of the phone are correcting me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke. <laughs> Palasa, right? Now, you have a China phone, a cheap phone. You know, they have these funny ringtones. They are very loud. And sometimes, you know, you may want to send a text message to take a picture. <laughs> you know, they do strange things sometimes. <laughs> you really would get upset. You would just put it off, remove the battery, shake the thing, put it back, <laughs> and power it up. After all, you got it from 5K. Now, Let's say you get a phone, I don't want to mention any make, and you paid 250,000 naira for the phone. Then you want to send SMS, still is taking your picture. What, what, would, you, what would you do? <laughs> you are not just rebooting that. You are going to, I paid. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it becomes an issue. It becomes an issue because you can't pay that price and, and, and want to send an SMS and then it's taking your picture. <laughs> you are not going to accept it. You are going to say, this is unacceptable. Is that correct? The same thing God is saying to us. I bought you with a high price. I can't tell you to send text messages and you are taking pictures. You must honor me. You must do what I say you do because I paid dearly for you. That's what it means. Praise the name of the Lord. And, you know, Jesus was saying in, in, in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, Matthew 12, 36 and 37, he says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. We are accountable. God is saying, you are accountable. You are accountable. You are not just accountable for what you do. You are not just accountable for what you don't do. You know, there's commission and omission. You are also accountable for what you say. And that is a high standard. You're accountable for what you say. I mean, you, God said that, so you cannot just show up and say, oh, but God, you know I was joking now. You know, God says, well, it's a joke, but you need to account for that joke. Praise the name of the Lord. So accountability, we see, is big with God. As Christians, as, as people that love God, I mean, you must love God too. To come for tribe. Praise the name of the Lord. You must love God. Everybody here, you obviously love God. Okay, clap for yourself for loving God. Make yourself happy a little bit. Just a little bit. You defy the traffic. <laughs> you made out time. I mean, things can be tough, if you will. The petrol queues are long. They've not been full for a while. I mean, even the weather is hot. It's easy to just go home and just... But you are here. It means you love God. So God is saying to you, you have to be accountable to me. You have to be accountable to me. You have to be accountable to God. And even the words we speak... They are heavy. Now, as we press further in this um, teaching, 
There's a story that threw a totally different dimension to this issue of accountability. When, when we look at being accountable to God, well, it's kind of easy for us to accept and embrace that. I mean, you know, it's only, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart that there's no God. So that's what the Bible says. It's only a fool that we contest that they need to be accountable to God. Is that correct? I mean, so there's a story in Matthew 8 from verse 7 that throws and teaches us a different dimension of accountability. It says, Jesus said to him, this is a centurion. He came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, oh, my, my servant is, is sick. Can you heal him? And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Because everybody I've been dealing with, that's their level of faith. I have to come and touch them. And, but the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. I am not worthy. Just say the word from where you are. Just give the instruction. Just say that my servant will be healed from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Jesus was a marvel. How did you know this? And he says, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And because I am a man under authority of my superior officers, I have authority over the soldiers under me, over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they what? Or come, and they come. If I say to my slaves in this case, do this, they do it. There's no contention. Jesus, you're a man under authority. You are submitted to God. I can see you are submitted to God. You just speak the word. Why? Because I, myself, am a man under authority. And all I need to do is speak the word. In the Bible, spiritual authority and accountability are inseparable. From a spiritual standpoint, accountability and authority are inseparable. They are linked together. And authority, sometimes, many times, we want authority. We want authority. But many times we struggle with our accountability. <laughs> and God is saying, you know, you, this Roman centurion guy is showing us that, you see, authority and accountability are inseparable. Jesus Molded, modeled it. And one thing about people that understand authority and accountability, when they see one, they recognize it. When someone that is operating in spiritual authority, if he sees someone else that has spiritual authority, he recognizes it. That's why demons when they see someone that has spiritual authority, they recognize it. Why? Because in their kingdom too, there's hierarchy, there's, there's order in a way, in a disorganized way. So they can say, Peter we know. Paul we know. But excuse me, who are you? You are not on the, under any authority. Who, who exactly are you? And it is, it is so, so huge. Why? Because authority comes from taking one's place in a chain of command with God as the head. That's how spiritual authority comes. To say to one to go and to go, and to say to the other to come and to come. Spiritual authority comes from taking one's place in a chain of command with God at the head. You see, this happens every day in church. I mean, in, in our lives, our home, same thing. 
So, from a domestic standpoint, the husband is the head of his wife. From a domestic standpoint. I've explained that before. That that is not necessarily the case from a spiritual standpoint. But that's not where we are going. So, from a domestic standpoint, the husband, for some reason, says to the wife, there won't be, there's no TV in the children's room. I don't want them to have TV in their room. And the wife says, why? I don't want my children to suffer. I want them to have the good things of life. There must be TV in the children's room. And the man says, I'm sorry, there can't be TV in the children. The children should have some time to themselves, time to think, you know, and to, you know, leaders are thinkers. They should have their space, not invaded with the tube. And the wife says, well, I know you're a very stingy man. It's just a way for you not to put down money for us to buy the TV. Go with your money. I have my money, you have your money. And she goes and buys the TV and puts it in the children's room. You know what has just happened? It's very simple. What has just happened is she has come, this is huge spiritually, I'm praying you get it. She has come under category of witchcraft. It's big. Believe me. You know how we tell you the truth, right? It's big. For obedience is better than and to acting than the for disobedience is as the sin of So she comes to church. She attends all the videos. She's shouting. She's praying. They are saying, who is that? That's what they are saying in the spirit realm. Who is that? Is that a witch? What's she doing amongst my people? That is the status you've attained. That is just how it works. You know, that's just how it works. If you understand this thing, flowing the supernatural becomes easy. Why? Because you will not be operating in your authority. The, the illustration I give is the woman. There used to be a woman at law school that controls traffic, right? As long as that woman is wearing the uniform of the Nigerian police force, and the woman says to the a trailer like this, stop, what does the trailer do? The trailer stops. Why does the trailer stop? The woman is under authority. So she can wield authority. Now, the woman goes on vacation to Ghana and sees traffic and says, I remember when I was a soldier. This woman, what's wrong with them? And he stands in the middle of the road and she says, stop, what's going to happen? At best, they will take her to a psychiatric home. Something must be wrong with you. And this is how a lot of people are operating in the spirit realm. I mean, they're looking at them, what is wrong with you? It's big. It's huge. You come to church. The usher says, sit here. You are not the head of ushering, the, of, the head of ushering can cancel what an usher says. If, you, if you, the usher says sit there, the head of ushering can say, no, you, can't, you can sit here, it's fine. Then he stands. But let's say the head of ushering doesn't say that. And the usher says sit here. And you look at the usher from head to toe. Is it because they are coming to church? You, you, you hiss, and you sit anywhere you want to sit. 
You know what has just happened? You've not only disregarded the usher, you've disregarded the pastor in charge of ushering. You've not only disregarded the pastor in charge of ushering, as in the command chain goes on, you've disregarded the pastor of the church. You've not only disregarded the pastor of the church, you've disregarded the Holy Spirit that has called him to pastor the church. So you've not only disregarded the Holy Ghost, you've disregarded the Godhead. Because the Holy Spirit is not doing anything by himself. He does stuff to glorify Jesus. And Jesus doesn't do anything by himself. He does stuff to glorify the Father. So, you, you are, so then you come and you say, I receive my breakthrough. And an angel asks God, God, permission to slap this girl, please. Just permission. They say, do this, do that, stand here. Witchcraft will not stand there. That's it, that's how it is. You know, this is tribe, this is for people that love God, like you and I. You know, inside I say, for you to make it to this service, you must really what? Love God. And it's big. It's big. Because, you know, you know why Gehazi could not operate Elisha's mantle? The same thing. In the little things, Gehazi has been disregarding the instruction of Elisha. Elisha. Then in the big things, Gehazi wants to wield the same power. It won't work. Spiritual things are so different from how the world operates. So different. It's unbelievable. So if you come to church and you want to be in a church community and you are operating with the mindset of the world, it's not going to work. Praise the name of the Lord. Many things that are spiritual are foolishness to the world. Foolishness to the world. And when it comes to leadership, God is saying in his word that everyone that would be the leader must be with the word the servant. So, you know, we did say that the husband says there's no TV in the room, children's room. And there is no TV in the children's room. And God is saying, how should the husband lead? The husband should lead by serving. Mark 10, 42 to 45. He says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first amongst you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. So when we talk about authority and we start with the domestic setting, we are not talking about being a dictator. So I'm, I'm sure... The men were like, Chai, I wish my wife was in church today when I said the first part. So that she can hear good preaching. <laughs> you know, but you see, God is not saying that so that we men can be dictators. No, God is saying we, we have 
to be servants. He that is the leader must be the servant. And there's a litmus test. I was listening to a podcast today and, and um, some pastor, um, his name is Perry Noble, made a statement that was totally, totally profound. And, and he said that when a leader enters the room, two things Two feelings enters the room. It is one or the other. When a leader enters the room, is it that fear enters or joy enters? You cannot have the two. All things being equal. That is normal setting. So if a leader enters the room, joy enters the room. All fear enters the room. So the question is, your leadership in your home, in your, your, your department in church, I mean, in, you know, and I ask, ask myself, okay, when I step into the office, I need to ask my colleagues, what do you feel? Do you feel fear or do you feel joy? Tell me now. Tell me. Say the truth. <laughs> we have the conversation. What do you feel? Now, I know that the Bible says that if you have done wrong, you should feel fair because it did not, it's not bearing the rod, the, the sword in vain. So if you, let me try to say all things being equal. So if you've done wrong, if you're in evil, you should actually feel fair that this guy is going to shred me. So that's normal. I'm talking about a normal setting. You know, maybe daddy comes back from work. What happens to the atmosphere in the house? Is it joy that daddy is back? Or is it fear? That's how you know if that leader serves the people or is terrorizing the people. I was like, wow. So when I'm out of town and I come back and I say that, but I, I think the people are happy to see me. They are always joyful. Are you guys joyful? Or are you afraid that this guy has come back again? <laughs> Terrorist. <laughs> I don't know. But the point is, it made me really think about my leadership. And, and it's, it's the truth. I mean, God is saying to us, however I, our status is, we must use it to serve others. However high our status is, we must use it to serve others. And the, the test is this. The people that are so far from you, Literally. When it gets into your presence, what do you feel? What do they feel? Joy or fear? Hallelujah. Romans 14, 7 to 10 says to us that for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. In the final analysis, we are accountable to God. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose. To be Lord, both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all, I will say all, pastor, evangelist, prophet, teacher, we will all, as fellowship leader, congregation member, worker, we will all stand before the judgment seat. Of God. We are all accountable. We are all accountable. All of us. You see, the truth is that though the people that know this, they are kept from spiritual pride and arrogance, even when their status sets them above the restraints of fellow human beings. Sometimes your status sets you above the restraints of other people. But if you know this, 
If you know that we all, everybody will stand and give account to keep you from pride and arrogance. If you know that one day you are going to give account. Why? Because while we should take our place in the hierarchy that God has put in place, that God is his head, and there are certain people that are going to be above us inadvertently, and there are certain people that are going to be below us inadvertently. The truth is that some of us, not all of us, some of us may find ourselves in, in a place where the only person we are accountable to is God. If you remember this, it will keep you from pride and arrogance because you are going to stand before God one day, even on a daily basis. And give account. In fact, I, I say daily basis because that's how I choose to live my life. I keep a short account with Jesus. <laughs> a very short account. I don't want to get to judgment day before I find out that something is wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. That might be too late. I want to find out on a daily basis. I go before him every day. Search me, oh God. And help me. It works better that way. And, and we are also at peace, you see, when, when faced with wrong decisions, wrong doings of other people. For we know that they too are accountable to God. And one day, they will, there will be justice. So when people hurt us, when people oppress us, when people do stuff to us that we can't apparently fight back, we are confident that one day, this person is going to answer to God. President of the Lord. So we don't take things into our hands. We leave it to God. So we talk about the pillars of accountability. Then we look at discussion questions before we begin to wind down. Four pillars of accountability. The first is responsibility. Responsibility. Responsibility is a duty that binds to the cost of action. A duty that binds to the cost of action. I'm responsible for the cause of action. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people that want to do stuff, want to carry out action, but they want to be separated from the action. Responsibility says, I am accountable. I am responsible for what I do. I'm responsible. So that's the first pillar of accountability. You can't be accountable if you, don't, if you are not responsible. When you keep blaming your father, oh, it's my father's fault. He did not send me to a good school. <laughs> well, God, why don't, you, why don't you just take a book and read it and just educate yourself a little bit? Oh, it's my father's fault. He used to beat my mom. That's the only example I know. Pastor, it's not my fault that I beat women. It's my father's fault. It's my father's fault. When you don't take responsibility for your life. You have to take full responsibility. The second pillar is answerability. Long, big grammar. It basically means being able to account. Being able to answer. If you don't want to answer to anybody... You don't want to answer to your husband. Your husband sees a text message from a guy on your phone. And you say, I'm not answerable. Why? Just forget it and let's move on. And the guy says, forget it? Just forget it. Let's move on. It's nothing. I'm not able to you. Oh, a lady found white powder, cocaine actually, in her husband's jacket. And she says to me, this is a long time ago, long time ago, of my earlier years of pastry. I was like, the, the guy bamboozled that, that white powder that 
he has this condition in his throat that the doctor gave him to be a, you know, to. <laughs> so I looked at her and said, it's cocaine. So she confronted him and he's like, let's just forget it. It's nothing. Can we move on with our relationship? Can we just move on? I'm not answerable to you. Really? Really? Accountability. Everyone say accountability. So the first pillar of accountability is what? The second pillar is what? The third pillar is trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. Trustworthiness is a, is a trait of being deserving of trust and confidence. You cannot just say, you must trust me because I am your wife. Or you must trust me because I'm your house fellowship leader. You must trust me because I'm your husband. You must trust me. No, 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 no. Are you worthy? Are you accountable? Accountability, if the more accountable you, you are, the more trustworthy you are. Really. The less trustworthy you are, it erodes your, your accountability. It erodes and, 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 and vice versa. And the fourth pillar is liability. It's a legal term. It just means I'm legally bound to this obligation. I'm legally bound. Being legally bound to an obligation. So when you're accountable for your children, you're saying I'm legally bound for these children. When you're accountable for a responsibility, even though if you don't do it in church, for instance, nobody's going to take you to court, but you know that you are legally bound. Spiritual laws, I'm legally bound. Who is going to arrange the chairs if I don't go? And the enemy will say to you, oh, there are people there, they will do it. Your... But you're like, no, I am legally bound to arrange these chairs. Who is going to, who is going to do X if I don't show up? Who is going to park the cars if I, don't, if I go late to church? But people that are accountable that are responsible, that are answerable, that are trustworthy, they will say, I am legally bound. You say, well, if I don't go today, well, I ain't going to move forward, Joe. After all, I'm not the one that killed Jesus. Let's enjoy ourselves today and have some fun. We'll continue next week. But people that are accountable, they have this pillar in their lives. They say they are legally bound. Okay, so we take the discussion questions quickly. If you have a, if you want to ask, contribute, please just shoot up your hand and we'll take it quickly and we'll go on from there. Again, I'm committed to us finishing by 8 o'clock. Um, I'm making this commitment publicly <laughs> because I'm accountable. <laughs> Okay, around 8 o'clock. Discussion questions. Why do you think some of us <clears throat> do not like to be accountable? And do you struggle with accountability? Why do you think some of us do not like to be accountable? Why do you think some people don't like to be accountable? Who wants to, um, who wants to share? You can put up your hand. And, um, why do... Okay. Please put up the hand. Anybody, anybody else? Okay, good. Sir. Hello. Hallelujah. It's working, sir. It's okay. Praise Hallelujah. Because, of course, I'm not responsible. Because some of us are not responsible. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. So, do you struggle with accountability, sir? Sir, do you struggle with it? Do you, are you accountable yourself, sir? Yes, sir. Okay. okay. Thank you. Anybody else? 
Why do we struggle with accountability? Why do people struggle with accountability? Why? Yes. I think uh, people struggle with that because of the absence of the four people. Accountability. That not being responsible, nothing to answer to others, not being trustworthy, and all that. Okay. Okay. So you think it's because these, these four pillars is absent yes, sir. from their lives. Yes, sir. That's why they don't like to be accountable. So do you struggle with accountability yourself? Uh, not really, sir. Not really? Yes, sir. You are very, a very accountable person. Yes, sir. I try to be, sir. You try to be. Okay, yes, that's sir. good. That's good. Um, is there a hand there? Okay. Let's take that and, and that. We take these two, then we'll go on. Okay, let's start with that. Get the mic to him. Put up your hand. Yeah. Okay, I think my um, view on that is some people are scared of being accountable because of the fear of the unknown. Right. Probably the fear of losing out or the fear of failure or the fear of whatever the situation may be. Absolutely. So I think that it also comes down to being responsible <laughs> at the end of the day. And that's spirit of fear. Okay, so fear of how will I be accepted? How, if people know that um, I, I am doing this, would they ostracize me? The fear exactly. of... Yeah, okay. Then do, do you struggle with accountability? No, I don't. But sometimes at work, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think because of the kind of environment we live in or right. the kind of environment my office is, right. sometimes some things are not really straightforward. Right. So sometimes when I see something going a little bit on the dirty side, right. I'd rather just step back. I know I can do that job, but because I know it is... You know, there's some shady movement around it. I'd rather step back. Okay, what's, what's that got to do with accountability? Well, the reason why I say it has to do with accountability is because I'm supposed to do that job. Right. But I'd rather okay. step I get back. You. I get and you. that's just... Okay. Okay. okay, thank you very much. So, we we'll take one more comment on that question and we we'll move to the next question. Yes, sir? I think it's lack of courage and confidence. Mm. True. You can clap now if you want to clap. <laughs> Lack of courage and confidence. That's true. Um, that's why some of us are, are, are not accountable. Struggle. We don't want to be accountable because we are timid. So fear, you know. Same thing. So, um, BJ, do you struggle with accountability? Yes, most times. Most times. Thank you for your honesty. So, um, you don't like doing what mom says you should do. <laughs> so, uh, how do you struggle with accountability? Just talk, it's fine, it's fine. When they ask me to do it, I'm afraid to do it. Okay, okay. I hope you become stronger and better in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, thank you. Can you, I mean, I didn't know you would understand it like that, though. So you never know what children really understand. <laughs> Can you share an experience, yours or of others that you know, where being accountable was a lifesaver? Anybody? Can you share an experience of yours or others where being accountable was a lifesaver. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember when I was in Dagote, so they brought some uh, organization from South Africa. Okay. So and when they came, they said uh, we won't, we don't want, they don't want to deal with uh, staff, so they don't want, they want to turn us to contract, so some people have to leave. So when they were uh, in charge of a mechanic, there was a man there, so maybe they were trying to find out some how things was, 
So the man tried to, the man gave them, you know, account of every details of a mechanical. So they retained the man as the staff. Okay. So is that a lifesaver? Did you get the story? The man from being a contract to his permanent oh, staff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. When you say detain, I thought it was police. Retain. Okay, so I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. A anybody else? Um, I have a lot of stories, you know. There's a hand at the back there. Yes. at um, answerability I'm um, like um, for children where your parents always want to know your location right. at every point in time you may feel they're actually bothering you and right. you think they shouldn't bother asking you okay you may get into trouble and you need help but if they know your location they can easily get to give you help because they know where you are absolutely okay thank you I mean, to me, when uh, accountability saves life, as in, I remember when I have an accident, my way from Navigin, when we are still using make, back of Mekai chicken for church office, the, when I have the accident, I noticed that some people, they try, as Goffey Vital, this accountability. When I have an accident, I actually have no idea, but based on the story that I heard, that some people stand up for my house fellowship, some people stand up for my work. I heard that they send the money from, from work. The church rejected the money, and some people have to... I heard that they use an ambulance coming from Lekki to Oshodi. People stand up. They use about 30 minutes from here to Oshodi. And for coming back, as in the accountability, the, what I want to find, come out for me it is that the church is accountability, and my colleague is accountability, and for them standing up for me on that day, I think it really saved my my life. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, question. Um, okay. Okay, mine is, um, I want to relate it to what happened to you, sir. To me? Um, yes. Okay. Um, that you shared with us. Um, when someone actually brought some money to you, um, that God asked him to give it to you for, um, for the growth of the church. Right. And you said um, God told you immediately to return that money. Right. And after a while, um, some policemen came after a few months, you know, to request for that money. You were accountable. You listened to God. If not right. that, and because that money was actually needed at that particular time, if you right. have taken it, uh, I'm not sure for God's parents will be standing today. <laughs> no. Yes. Thank you. Praise God. So, praise, so what's saying is that, I mean, you have to be accountable to God. If you can't, you get into trouble. God says, don't do it, don't do it. I mean, doesn't need to explain why. I didn't even ask why. I didn't even no need to explain why. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't even remember that. Okay. Number three, how do you think the judgment of God operates in day-to-day -day life? How do you imagine the day of judgment will be? I mean, uh, how do you think? Sometimes we think, oh, their judgment, does God, the people that are doing wrong, are they just enjoying life? And is there really accountability? Does God hold them accountable? So who wants to help us with that question? Yeah, there's a hand at the back there. Good evening. Good evening. I want to start the first part. How do you think? How do you think the judgment of God oh. operates in day-to-day -day life? I think is what you sow, you reap. Right. That's what I think that one is just. And um, if we are a lot more careful with this, I think we'll be um, 
a lot more careful with how we deal with people because it's just what you sow, you reap. That's what I think about the first one. The well, second one is basically what I understand in uh, Revelation. But right. the first one is what you sow, you reap. You sow good works, you reap, get good works. It may not come today, but it will shall come. One day, one day. Thank you very much. Question number four. What are some examples of injustices that we have to live with now? Trusting that one day, God will put them right. There are lots in this world. Pardon? Raise your hand if you want to contribute. Yes, there's a hand there. Yeah. Good evening, church. Uh, terrorism. Terrorism. Boko Haram. Boko Haram. True. 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 Any other? Yes, sir. Keep the hands up so that we can locate you. Um, somebody on my row here said Dasuki. Dasuki? What's that? Former NSA that... Um... I know, I know that story, but... Okay. Oh, okay, that's injustice. But is he not facing some justice now? <laughs> Already. <laughs> so the question says, what are some examples of injustice that we have to live with now? Trusting that one day God will put them right. Praise the Lord. Light. Pardon me? Light. In Nigeria. Nepa. 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 Yeah. It's an injustice. We have, I mean, and it's true because, yeah. you know, because the petrol situation, power, I mean, the nation, you know, some people are just being, I mean, greedy is an understatement, you know. People are profiting for us not having power. Do you know that? That's an injustice, you know. And God is going to deal with it. Okay. Last question. Can you think of examples from history or your own experience of individuals who held high-ranking authority yet humbly bore in mind their accountability to God? So when we look at the injustice, I'm sure that we have examples of people in history or in your own life, maybe your, I mean, your family, I don't know, that People who held high-ranking authority are held authority position, yet humbly bore in mind their accountability to God. Anybody? And pull up your hand. There are people now in this street. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's a hand there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, um, my own experience is uh, my dad. Right. Yes, when uh, everybody, like, okay, dad is coming and everybody's taking shape and taking right positions. But then when we are to do the devotion, you see that he's so broken and talking with God, you just, you can't place the daddy thing to when he's relating with God. So I think. Right. That's absolutely. Awesome. That's a, that's, a, that's a godly example for you right there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, um, there was a discussion I and somebody were having yesterday. So he was actually talking about the president of Jurors. That, no, not the president, the governor, sorry. Okay. The governor of okay. Jurors. Though with his high ranking right. there, he's still very humble. He, he's a keyboardist in church. Right. He didn't see himself as being the governor seeing himself bigger than God, he still humbled himself. He still go for practice. Like, he's never late. So, wow. Saturdays is always there. Wow. So, he didn't see himself as if he was just which, there, which, so he's bigger than... Just of which country? Nigeria? Nigeria, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I didn't know about it. So, just yesterday, the person was talking about, I was like... Wow. And some of us, we just have little position in office and we're claiming busy. 
like we, there's no time that there's traffic we can't come to work or church rather because of work and other stuff so i was really moved and touched with what the person said right that being a governor still have time and uh, i think the vice president the pastor i don't know if he's still pastors or something <laughs> so that's my own awesome awesome I, I think that is i mean if that story is true that is fantastic you know and what you have said is so true because some people don't have those kind of positions yet and they say to you oh pastor i cannot be an usher i can't take any insult from anybody you know let everybody respect themselves you know it comes from choir practice wow some people think oh why should i come for practice i'm the governor i just come in and play in fact they should be happy that i'm coming praise god for him yes hello um my dad actually my dad um we found out how big my dad was during his burial wow yes we find out what he had done during his burial we found out um the churches the he had you know sown the seed during his burial wow we a vice president of this country wrote, uh, rewrote his, um, what's that thing we call, the profile right. during his burial. Uh, but he was just our regular dad. Wow. Second thing I also want to say, as I'm saying, I remember he used to be the, he, he used to be the general manager at Jogta Steel Company. At a time, a doctor state company used to command the funds of this country. As a small child, um, when, when I was growing up, they had, you know what they call the G-Wagon. Um, every other household had a minimum of four G-Wagons. My dad took only one. Um, he was general manager real estate, but he took only one. Now... There was a time they brought out the white paper. Every other person plus the general manager went to jail. It was only my dad that didn't go to jail. They could not pin anything on him. Wow. Yeah. So um, when this came up, I, when you said what I felt, I just said, well, it's my dad. Um, God bless you so. Amen. Let's celebrate a godly father. <laughs> That's an inspiration for a lot of us. Our children are going to testify about us someday. I say, my dad, ha, ah, you know, my mom. We should have that vision, you know. Okay, commit. So you're going to write with your hands. I commit today to be accountable to God. And to those he has put in authority in my life, I will stay under the things that God has put over me so that I can stay over the things that God has put under me. Write it with your hands. It's not, is it? It's clear on it. I commit today to be accountable to God and to those he has put in authority in my life. I will stay under the things that God has put over me so that I can stay over the things that God has put under me. Once you, have done, you are done writing, just kindly burn down your heart as you burn down your head and just let's just pray and talk to God about what we have heard. Accountability is huge, it's big. And let's just say to the Lord, breathe upon me afresh. Give me the grace to be accountable. Banish fear from my life. Some of us, we are afraid to come out of our closet and say, 
I need help in this area. Why don't you ask for help from God? Talk to God, everybody. Talk to God. God, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me to have the four pillars of accountability, to, ha- to, be, to have responsibility. Help me to have answerability. Help me to have trustworthiness. Help me to, to, be, to have liability. Help me. Help me. I want to pray for you if you're here. You, you want to give your life to Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus at any time. You're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Wherever you're seated, I want to pray for you. Just put up your hand over your head and I'll pray for you wherever you're seated. If you're online, the instructions are scrolling. Can I put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. I will pray together. Father, make me responsible. Make me more responsible, O God of heaven. Instill instability in my life, trustworthiness and liability. Lord, we thank you. You grace, my Father, to be accountable to you and to those in authority in our lives given unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Take it